welcome to episode one of the For The Dubs podcast. Um, I just made a cracking joke previously about how sick our intro music was and then killed myself by forgetting the name of the podcast, so we started again. Um, but I'm with a, uh, a European um, who actually thought we'd have some deep house as the intro music, so he's a bit disappointed, but I've plied him with beer and we should be ready to go. Um, for episode one, the uh, the season kickoff, we thought we'd go to the big dog and bring the president of the uh, UWA Netherlands Football Club in, Art Heemstra, up. Did I just butcher your pronunciation there? Perfect. Couldn't have done better myself, Stu. Excellent. So we brought the president in and we thought we'd run through a pretty busy off-season and then dive into the things that we are looking to achieve and do this season um, with the junior season about to kick off this weekend. Some of the senior clubs have started. Um, Art, what what was the focus of the off-season and... What are we looking to achieve this year? Start with a really easy question. What are we looking to achieve? What are we looking to achieve? I think uh, one of our key areas uh, is, is uh, growing our junior section, um, both on the academy side, our academy program, as well as um, across all age groups. We've introduced um, some additional opportunities for the younger kids to play football. We've got our Joey Soccer school-based program, and now we also have cluster football, so anyone... Turning six and turning seven uh, can now join in the club to play, whereas previously it was from eight and, and onwards. Um, so really what we're trying to do is, is, is strengthening our junior side across all age groups. Um, so what, what we're looking ha- at is um, having about three teams, three to four teams per age group um, for, for the boys from under um, six and up, all the way up to under uh, 16s. And for the girls... Um, it's staggered. So we've got under 8s, under 10s, 12s, 14s, 16s, and then uh, under 18s. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've made some really good progress with, with the academy program. So really looking at, at developing that, uh, that further this year. Uh, this is the third year. Um, so a lot of work has gone into previous setting it up. There was a pilot a couple of years back and it has been growing and, and has been giving a lot of energy and a lot of attention uh, by a lot of people. Um, and I think we're now kind of starting to pluck the fruits of that. Um, our development in the junior site will, will be massively helped by uh, the appointment of Lawrence Lewis. Um, he's been involved with the club for a few years now, was the... Um, and is still is the uh, women's um, uh, state league head coach, um, and this year he's uh, the youth director for um, uh, the technical director youth uh, for both boys and girls. So he will be really looking at at linking those teams together, looking at um, really further implementing our philosophy, making sure our coaches get the education and the support they need to be better uh, or to to get better at what they do. Because you know, better coaches means better players, better sessions. So I, I think that is probably. Our, our main one of our main areas of focus um, is is really um, um, picking up on the on the coaching education. We've had it in place in the past, but but this year we're really gonna um, um, uh, crank it up a notch. Um, so there's a lot to unpack there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to throw you some questions, put you on the spot a little bit, and sure. we'll kind of dig into it all. So in terms of club size, mm. how big are we? Um, if you count the Joey um, uh, soccer program, so for um, kids four and older up to eight, there's about 900. We've got 921 kids registered at the moment. Um, so that's massive. Um, 
it's in a, that competition runs for 11 weeks, starting in uh, on the last uh, Saturday of April. Uh, and then we've got uh, juniors and seniors kind of combined roughly around the 1,500 players. Mm. And, and in that, 23 junior teams this year. So yeah, I think that's exciting. the thing that we probably should sit here and pat ourselves on the back about is we went from 16 junior teams to about 25, which is quite a substantial increase in particularly like it's club sport and um, that influx of volume and talent is quite significant. So um, what what do you think led to that volume of increase from one year to the next? Well, a couple of factors. I think we did a, a good job over the last couple of years really um, focusing on what's important to our members, so making sure they've got you know the base requirements, a coach, a pitch to play on, kit and equipment, making sure that is met, and, and then trying our best through social activities and, and, and other things to give them a great experience uh, on and off the pitch. So I think that has helped kind of retain uh, a lot of the members of last year. And on top of that, um, um, I think the word is is getting out there a little bit better and, and um, that, that, you know, playing at UWA, uh, we offer opportunities for all. So whatever your age, whatever your level of ability, whatever you want to get out of playing the game, you can you can get it at our, at our club. And as an example, I played in a uh, pre-season tournament, Masters tournament at Curtin, and I played at, uh, with our oldest player. Uh, Benny, he's 68. He's been with the club for, I think, 40 years. Uh, and that is an example on, on the uh, one hand of the spectrum of, of somebody who's got a, a lifelong uh, of, of joy and excitement out of being involved with the club. And then on the, on the youngest side, we've got like three, four-year-olds just engaging with the Joey soccer program. So it really shows in age the spectrum and, and then also uh, having our state league set up offers those, those kids and those players that uh, want more out of out of playing, uh, a bit more competitive, uh, also that those opportunities. So I think having that 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 broad scope um, is appealing to a lot of uh, a lot of players. Uh, and one other factor that also comes into play is I think the profile of the game, particularly on the women's side, is increasing, um, driven largely to obviously the 2023 Women's World Cup. So we see more interest amongst girls, and it is great to see. Um, and on top of that, I think the boys as well get excited about it. So uh, it's great to see those those uh, inflows in, into the club. And yeah, we're going to try our, our best, obviously, to to make sure we keep them and and continue developing them through the through the years and, and making sure that they uh, stay in for as long as possible. Yeah. I thought I was going to have to hit the mute button there when you started talking about your own playing career. <laughs> oh, here we go, glory days. Um, <laughs> the- None were heads. <laughs> I, one of the questions I had for you was around coaching, and yeah. there's there is we're we're blessed with a high caliber of coaching at the club, and I really wanted to dive into that area because mm. traditionally in junior sport it's the parent coaches, yeah. But but in my experiences, we've got players and former players. We've got a high caliber of people volunteering their time to take on teams, so. I was really interested just to sort of step through the club's philosophy on coaching, and I, the bit that the bit that really captured my attention in just watching the kids practice and train is the coaches talking a common language, and it's it's positional and zones and these types of things. But I was, I was really, I think it would be useful for you to sort of dive into what is the coaching philosophy, particularly the junior side of things, and and how the coach has gone about sourcing quality coaches. Um. 
Well, it depends a little bit. Look, the, 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 the parent coaches are absolutely essential for community support to happen. And they're great assets for the club. And, and often they're with the club for a very long time because they, they, they join the club with their child. Their child plays for years and they're with that team for years. So certainly, um, I think an important area that we need to focus on is, is making sure that our parent coaches are as equipped, as best equipped as they can and as, as they have time for. Because we've got, um, obviously, with our youth technical director, Lawrence, um, and, and a lot of materials that they can use. We've got a lot of tools available for them to use, but obviously there's a, a time investment required. So um, I, I guess our, our approach and our philosophy on, on coaching uh, at the moment is quite uh, closely linked to the, to the structure, the academy structure and the development pathway that we have. Um, for the academy structure, there's, um, it is required that coaches uh, use our curriculum, our methodology, our color methodology, um, and attached to that, there's also a number of tools they, they need to use in terms of player assessment and what have you not. Um, and um, importantly, um, it is that that is consistent across the years. So instead of chopping and changing in the approach to which I guess players learn the game. What we're seeking to achieve is having that methodology consistent across the um, across the age groups uh, and having that uh, reinforced year on year and expanded upon. I think that really uh, enhances their learning. And, and sometimes the risk you have is when you have different coaches in different years. Um, different approaches and, and mind you having variation is very good I think because there's different perspectives uh, that can be handed over but there's uh, some fun f foundational years particularly between let's say under eights up to under 14s and, and such if you have a really consistent methodology and the curriculum in place it's I think for the benefit of the player uh, and then when they move into the older age groups you know it can vary quite a bit because it's more of a tactical focus and, and how to play the game in different formations and setups and what have you not yeah. as you've sort of as you're talking and mm. we've mentioned academy and whatnot it's probably worth mm. What is our academy program? What is how does an academy program differ to a public service announcement doing a podcast with a European person? So the beers are flowing. Um, <laughs> the um, the academy program. How does that differ from? I've just signed up my child to play football at UWA. What what is the difference? What what are you getting as a parent? So look, the academy program was originally uh, in, intended for, for the kids with more ambition, more time and willing to spend on it as well as a bit further in their development because, you know, kids start playing the game at various ages. Some start kicking the ball before they can actually walk, uh, whereas others are a little bit late to the game. So kids, you know, start playing the game and developing at different stages. And I guess the academy program was originally set up to offer those kids that are a little bit further in their development relative to their peers in their age group and, and really keen on playing um, uh, an opportunity to train an extra session uh, per week and, and also have that, that coaching in place, which has uh, a little bit more of a, of a framework behind it uh, and, uh, and a longer-term uh, idea about the development of the player. Uh, that was um, how it was started, and, uh, and over time we've kind of built on that. So uh, what we have at the moment is um, across the age groups uh, for the boys starting at under 9 um, up and for the girls starting at uh, under 10 and, and up. Uh, an opportunity for, for those that are really keen to try out for the academy uh, stream. 
and then based on the on the trial approach, we we, we select uh, the the uh, the kids there furthest in in their development, and then um, uh, what they have is those uh, those that, that extra training session a week, and then um, yeah the 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 coach who is obviously supported with a lot of materials and um, and also Lawrence in in terms of the one on one coaching, what have you not, to make sure that they really are as effective as possible as a coach in, in bringing our methodology to life as well as the curriculum that we have to, um, um, yeah, really to get the most out of the players. Mm. Yeah. I think um, the other bit that is... And sorry, just to, on that as well, is, is look, this is not something that is curriculum and methodology exclusive to academy only. Look, it's available for all coaches across our club, right? The only thing that we've said is that, well, if you're in the academy stream, is mandatory. So if you're a coach in the academy stream, mandatory that you use that. Uh, coach in development stream, they have access to it. They can they can use it if they like. But obviously, it comes with a little bit of education and also a bigger time commitment. And and sometimes people are unable to make that time commitment, and and that is fine. So it's it's optional in the development stream, uh, whereas in the academy stream, it's um, it's mandatory. And we certainly encourage all coaches to adopt it because it is just shown to be a really effective tool to kind of help kids understand the game and go to the tree years and and the various concepts well i can speak from first-hand experience having an under 12 daughter who was asked to go and fill in on an under 12 academy team Mm. and the coach hey welcome down you're in zone whatever or color whatever she's like no worries whereas i stood there going oh what's your position she's like no i'm i'm in that zone that color and if the ball comes to me i'm taking a shot on goal and you're like ah well so it's this common language that the kids understand they know their role and i think the other piece that is interesting to me is particularly in the i'm not and that i was going to get to this question in a second but is particularly the early years it's this you know you'll play two weeks in defense or you're in the zone and Mm. giving the kids exposure to every position on the pitch goalie seems to be in the girls side of things the last position anyone wants to play (laughs) but exposure to these various components of what makes the team tick and uh, as a parent who came from Joey soccer, where they literally pack hunt the ball, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> the, the, the awe when you see a kid and a kid under the age of ten pass to a teammate, you're like, oh my god! Because you mm. go from Joey's where they just there's mm. not even in their vocabulary. That I think that that methodology and they just understand the common language is not only beneficial to the coaches but to the playing group. They're all talking the same language across the club. So I think from a development point of view. It, it, it is very useful and it's very translatable. Yeah, yeah. And, and just on the point of rotating players through positions, you know, I've been a senior coach for about eight years and I've seen the end product of, of junior development, so to say. And, and there were instances I would have a player that would be fantastic on the wing, that would be speedy, you know, that would be able to run the ball down and cross the ball. And, and you would ask him, you know, yeah, that's where I've always played because they had those characteristics. They were really quick on the ball and they were able to deliver a cross. And unfortunately, because they were so good in their particular niche, is where they would always been put and, 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 and lacking an opportunity to develop other parts. Um, more playing with the ball on the feet, more playing with the ball while having a, an opponent in your back, you know, um, with, with pressure. And, and then what you would find is they would have a game where the situation would be such that they would encounter a, uh, a defender that would be equally as quick. And then they were lost because the one tool they had and one tool that they honed over all these years was ineffective. Whereas what you have when you have players that play in multiple positions, 
they understand uh, different ways of approaching problems. And it's all about problem solving. So I think rotating play is true in the various positions. It's very important because on the one hand, each position places different requirements on the player, both in the terms of ball contact, positionally, um, and, and also different parts of the pitch. You, you, you view the game in a very different way. For example, if you're a goalkeeper, you know, as you say, a least favoured position, but you have a fantastic overview. Your, your, your ability to read the play, see how it flows and how the defence kind of um, uh, moves with, with, the, with the attack, um, I think is very important for players, even if they don't end up on the, on the goalkeeper position. It all helps them to get a bit more of a rounded view of, of the game and as part of that ability to play in different positions and, and solve problems uh, that happen in the game. Because there's, there's no, you know, uh, it, it's so fluid... Uh, no two games are the same. So you really want to have players that are able to problem solve on the spot. And, and as part of that, you need to give them a very well-rounded experience throughout those junior years. Obviously, the methodology and the coaching um, philosophy, it, it helps, obviously, if it's led by someone who knows what they're doing and is invested and interested. And, and we've touched on him earlier, but Lawrence has been around the club for a little while now, um, has primarily been on the female side of the program but now has taken on the youth technical director role. Mm. What is the – why the investment in him? What does he bring to the table? How does it make us as a club unique? We did a, pa- a parent briefing session earlier uh, in this week, this week being early April, and we had fantastic parental feedback on this is the first – you know, this, this is the type of thing we want our kids playing uh, in and the structure we're after – what is it that he brings to the table? Why is he such a unique asset to the club? Um, first and foremost, I think I've I've had uh, um, I've worked with Lawrence. Um, what is it now? When did he join the club? I think in twenty nineteen. He joined the club initially as a, uh, one of the coaches of the women's uh, division and as a female technical director. And over time, it's evolved a little bit. Um, but I guess over those those years, he's gotten a far better understanding, obviously, of the different parts of the men's, the women's, the different levels, and importantly as well of how we function as a club. Because you know we have what happens on the pitch, and then you have what happens behind the scenes. So I think the benefit with Lawrence having been around for three years, obviously, he knows the people, he knows all the coaches, uh, has an established relationship with the coaches, which is obviously helps when when talking and giving feedback. Because you know feedback can be a bit scary at some time. But I think Lawrence has got a really, uh, he's very open himself for feedback and in, 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 in all situations where I've worked with him, he's just been, you know, always very constructive and very, you know, a lot of positive energy. And, you know, even though he is a bit um, younger than I am, only by Wouldn't pick that. Pardon? Wouldn't pick that. <laughs> no. um, you know. He is, he is in comparison. Normally, when you look at technical directors, they're you know late forties, some somewhere in the fifties. And Lawrence is obviously early thirties, but he's from from you know he's done ten, twelve years of being so absorbed by football, running programs for kids. I believe he ran a, a program in the UK for kids with um, with disabilities as well. So he's got a really uh, great experience to draw from. Um, so I think in that sense, um, it's a personality, knowledge of the club, how we work, and the energy he brings in just having uh, a lot of experience to, to draw from uh, makes him a, a really good asset for us. Um, and on top of that as well, he's um, uh, 
um, I believe, uh, set to complete his B license. So he's got all the qualifications as well. And, you know, I think whoever you speak to, um, it's positive because mm. he's just got a really good way with people at all levels, all ages, uh, both genders and, and just can make a difference in players' their development. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I can speak from first-hand experience. It changed my view on coaching. Like, he, I've never seen him raise his voice during a game, which is, you know, like a lot of coaches want to try and control the action. And <clears throat> it's been eye-opening watching a guy just calmly instruct and and control the crowd. So, um, yeah, contrasting that with my approach sometimes <laughs> on the side. Just blow your stack. <laughs> not, not with the under seven, but when I used to be uh, uh, a men's uh, seniors coach, yeah, there was a bit of shouting every now going on, you know. Yeah. Um, the other bit that I think is kind of, and I, I can only, once again, I can only speak from first hand experience, but we launched our female program, and I think one of the cool features is the mentoring that's on offer to, you know, the senior women's players mentoring the, the junior players mm. and building that connectivity through, like, there's a reason why you play at a community sporting club and, you know, many kids, <laughs> we talked about this off air, <laughs> many parents um, have expectations for their children and their players, but, you know, many kids want to play at the highest level and, um, and but if you don't get to the highest level, it's amazing to play at a club and it's amazing to stay at a club and it's amazing to be part of something and you know you you tapped into some of your deep beliefs talking about the sort of you know, people want to be part of something and people want to be part of the herd or the community and um, the tribe yeah the tribe yeah and i think um and that's that's the lifeblood of clubs that's why a guy plays at a club for 40 years because that's his tribe and um the piece that i i really have seen firsthand is my my daughters connecting with senior players who know their names and they know their names and um, you know what's the uptick to that? What why try and put these type of mentoring programs in place? Well, I, uh, just to reflect on my own experience, I still know my favourite player when I was seven years old, Andre Vaness. He was a, a right winger, very speedy, and he was just like you know an idol, right? Didn't play in the Dutch National League, didn't play professionally, but within that club, our club, he was a role model. Mm. Every now and then he would come down to training, you know, have a chat and, and really helped us younger lads kind of get and stay really excited about the game. So I think that at an earlier age, having those role models really helps to keep that excitement going and, and give kids maybe a little bit more um, uh, role models that are a little bit closer by versus what you see on the television. Because it's great for, for girls to look up to a, a, a Sam Kerr, for example, or to the boys to look up to a Cristiano Ronaldo. But it's on the television. Mm. When you have actually real-life role models within your club, then that, that really uh, makes it a bit more real. Uh, and I think it's very important, well, in, at the early age, but certainly as well, when, when you reach the bit more troublesome year, so to say, 13, 14, you know, puberty, that time, you know, when your, kid, your, your parents can say whatever they want, yeah, you know, the kids won't listen. And I've been in that situation as well as a child. I went a little bit off the rail and I actually left my club. But I strongly believe if I would have had a mentor at the club, you know, and all the lad that would have just looked after me and just had some chats, that would have really helped me at that difficult time to just, you know, have that support network and, and, and making sure, you know, you keep you keep on, on, on the rails, so to say. Um, so I certainly think, and that's just from my personal perspective, having those mentors 
um, available at the club and, and maybe a bit in, in a bit of a buddy system um, helps kids navigate difficult periods of during you know during life as well as obviously all the benefits they seek to have from playing the game and developing and what have mm. you not so so I really would like our club a place where you know if 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 you hit puberty you know you have your peers you have mentors you have a support network you have supportive understanding coaches that really help kids navigate those difficult you know difficult years of life and um, so I think the mentoring program um, that we now have in the females is, is, is a first I think it's fantastic and certainly something we uh, we should look to roll out more broadly yeah I'm a bit speechless actually hearing that a clean living pillar of society like yourself went off the rails so I don't really know where to go with the next question there <laughs> um, I guess the I want to f- kind of wrap things up because this is the first podcast. We'll keep it nice and short so people can consume it while they're driving around or working out or doing whatever they do. But what can we do better? What can we do better? We didn't rehearse this one, so I've caught you on the hop here. This would be interesting to see how you respond. Um, what can we do better? Look, I think we've got – when, when uh, you know, the club has gone through various stages of evolution, so to say. When I joined, it was 2009 – merged with Netherlands Football Club in in 2011. So we brought seniors and juniors together. And since then, it has gone through its ebbs and downs, ebbs and flows, and a lot of that has to do with people. So really with, you know, driven people, you know, pushing the car, improving parts of the club, um, but also, unfortunately, depending on, on their own involvement, there might be some some areas of the club that would not have gotten as much attention. So I think over the years, there's been lots of ebbs and flows. I think over the last three years, we've been you know, steady in our development. What I really would like to see going forward is that we broaden the base of people that want to do something for the club. I think the volunteer program that we now have now is, is, is something that, that helps encourage that on their way. But what we, what we can do better, I guess, is, is having people really on the team level, on the age group level, involved for more than, than a season and really pushing that and really having an idea of, okay, well, I find it the way I find it now and I'm going to make sure I leave it a little bit better after I, I move on to the next year. So I think if we can if we can do that, then, then we'll make sure that we keep building year on year um, and, and in that way keep progressing. So, so I would say that would probably, you know, uh, something that we can do better. Uh, and beyond that is just, you know, things like this, making sure we tell our members what we're doing, why we are doing it, and just making sure we're visible um, and, and, you know, communicate a lot about why, you know, what's happening behind the scenes. Because there's a lot of exciting things happening behind the scenes, but sometimes I think we're not doing a good enough job of, of telling the people of, of what we're up to. So and I think part of that as well, having that transparency will also encourage people to be more involved and uh, obviously get excited about the various projects and, and programs that we've got going. You missed an easy kill there, which is fix the pothole that's right in the entryway <laughs> of, the, of the car park. <laughs> yeah, if you start that, you end up with all oh, the, the change rooms and all that. And, and just on that as well, look, it's been an eyesore for a long time. I think the buildings were probably built in the 1960s uh, and we we know it's one of you know the key 
uh, areas or amongst the membership that we want to see improve. So we continue to have conversations with the university uh, at the moment, talking with uh, UWA Sports about you know what can we do to kind of help that move along. There's at the moment uh, an example at uh, AFL. Um, they are co-fundraising to have their uh, facility upgraded. So that is uh, a part of the, the, the cost is paid by, um, by UWA and the other part is fundraised by the club itself. And together, um, they, 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 they're going to make that facility upgrade uh, happen. So at the moment, conversations with UWA of how we can achieve that as well. Um, and really trying to get those change rooms and those um, um, that that clubhouse, the storage, everything, really the grounds, the accessibility, what have you, not uh, up to a level where it should be, up to a level where it matches the playing experience on the pitch and the lights. Well, I was going to say is the playing surface is second to I none. Thought, yeah. No, no, that's it's world class. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's really, really a fantastic service. We're just going to work really hard to. You know, get get everything else in line with it. Mm. Well, I know you're itching to hear the uh, the song again, so I'll thank you for your time. Thanks, Chu. This is podcast one. We'll get you back, and uh, I think the plan every week is to probably have Lawrence involved and in sort of giving people insights into where the learnings are going, what we're trying to do from a junior develop, development perspective, and then have feature a team, have a team come in, have Great the players idea. talk. Um, yeah, let 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 the club know what we're up to. So that's that's the mission, and uh, we're very open to feedback. Hopefully, it's positive, and um, we'll give it a crack. Thanks very much, Art. Cheers, too.